Queens, Rhode Island, welcome to the Potterverse. It's a podcast dedicated to the book and film universe of Harry Potter. So let's step into the night. Oh, grab your favorite wands and time turners. Let's step into the night and pursue that flighty temptress adventure. and welcome. My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and I want to be as cool as Bill. Yes. I want to be as cool as Bill, man. Just long hair and dragon boots and uh, a dragon tooth earring. And you just walk around and you got this air about you. I feel like he's I feel like he's like he listens to Nirvana. Uh, but he listened to Nirvana before it was cool. Like he listened to them, uh, like when they were still just in Seattle. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like he was into Soundgarden before they were a thing. All right. I dig it. So I wish I was as cool as Bill. Oh, I got you. Because Bill, Bill Weasley sounds awesome. Well, you know who thinks that you're pretty cool? Who's is CLG Ishes says, great podcast on Apple Podcasts. I found your podcast last spring during COVID. I've enjoyed it so much and I'm 58. I tried reading the first Harry Potter book when it was released because my daughter's teacher was going to read it to her third grade class. I'd heard all about the evil about it and wanted to be able to talk her through it. Unfortunately, all the weird names bogged me down. And I couldn't get past the third or fourth chapter. Oh no, I, this, this review gets cut off so I don't get to see the whole thing. Um, but when her son was in second grade, he read the first book and insisted that she read it too. So CLG ishes on. Uh, Apple Podcasts. I'll be able to read your full podcast on my computer. We're having serious tech issues tonight. Like they just continue, right? But we want to thank you, and we want to thank everybody who's taken a moment to write in, Blake, um, and and leave some words of of you know just how they feel about the some podcast. encouragement yeah. and some love. Nothing like getting a great review on the podcast. The number five Harry Potter podcast. In the universe. Yeah, we got M. Westfall who says, I'm a longtime Harry Potter movie fan, but I've never actually read the books. I just finished the first book and rewatched the first movie and will continue this throughout the rest of the book and movies. Discovered us, Miriam Blake, early this year and love all of our podcasts. Oh, thank you. I knew I had to listen to the Potterverse since I listened to every other podcast of theirs. It's nice hearing more experienced readers and fans talk about their opinions of the chapters as well as a good in-depth analysis. Definitely recommend. Thank you. And I just want to point out here that Asenath says on Facebook. Uh, I like that you guys are here for us almost every day, Mary and Blake Medium. And also, we are here for you, disheveled or non-disheveled oh, days. Oh, thank you. Love to you. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Asenath. Disheveled is seriously... Dishe- disheveled is, is the word of the day today. Yes. So, in this podcast, though, we're going to be talking a little bit... Um, not a little bit. We're, we're spending the entire time, actually, in a beautiful <laughs> chapter. So podcast listeners, just know. Just know that it has been a day and a half. Uh, so this here is chapter five. and <clears throat> Weasley's wizard wheezes. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so, so very much. You know, I'm going to need one moment, Blake. <laughs> okay, I can vamp. I, mm-hmm. What I will say is if you're watching live, I actually spelled the I, I actually spelled the entire title incorrectly. <laughs> I put Weasley's Wizarding Wheezes, <laughs> and I <laughs> put the apostrophe in the wrong place. Like, I, I, what do what we do? The whole, the, whole, the whole thing today is crazy. Ellen says she loves our cat. Kyle answers it's 115 degrees in Phoenix right right now. There we go. 
I can't even imagine that. Don't even ha- tell me it's a dry heat. Harry spun faster and faster, elbows tucked tightly to his sides, blurred fireplaces flashing past him until he started to feel sick and closed his eyes. Then, when at last he felt himself slowing down, he threw out his hands and came to a halt in time to prevent himself from falling face forward out of the Weasley's kitchen fire. Did he eat it? said Fred excitedly, holding out a hand to pull Harry to his feet. Yeah, said Harry, straightening up. <laughs> what was it? Tongue, tongue, toffee, said Fred brightly. George and I invented them, and we've been looking for someone to test them on all summer. <laughs> I love how Mr. Weasley's like, you know, you guys, I got to tell your mother. And she says, come, she pops up from behind. Tell me what? Oh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. But before we do, we wanted to actually take a moment to welcome you all. And if you're not yet a member at jointhenerdclan.com, this is the time to do it. This is the time to do it. We are a mom and pop shop podcast and you get loads of perks by being a member at jointhenerdclan.com. You get extra book clubs, you get um, extra interactions with Blake and myself and out of the goodness of your heart, it's just your way of saying like, I dig you guys. You make me laugh, you keep me company um, and it's for as little as $2. That's less than a cup of coffee a month. You could really help make sure that our podcast and our company keep on going Um because we love what we do and we love hanging out with you all. So, as I said, if we have brought some Lumos in your time and Ox, head on over to jointhenerdclan.com. All right, let's get into the show. I solemnly swear that I'm up to no good. <sighs> Here we are, Blake. Yes. Here we are. So all of the Weasleys plus Harry return home through the flu powder, through the fireplace. Fred and George get in some serious trouble, either between Arthur Weasley, who was able to see what happened with the tongue, and then Molly Weasley, their mom, as she figures out what's going on. We also meet all of the Weasleys. They're all there hanging on out, and then they have a beautiful dinner inside their garden. Oh, and all the while, too, there's just like these little bits little important bits that start to get like sprinkled in that you just think are sprinkles but yeah. we're going to hold on to those sprinkles well, this, this, and savor the, them this, these past two chapters have been full of that full of sprinkles full of uh, world building mm-hmm. and, and, and exposition and, and teaching you about the world continuing to expand the world in different, far different ways like now we've learned that there's a magical cooperation uh, thing and then there and then you know the, Mr. Le- Weasley's worried about the how uh, uh, muggles can be mistreated, and oh, there, there's massive world building here. Uh, and I, I, what I get, I get kind of frustrated a little bit okay. because, I, of, of course, I, I have not yet read this book, so my uh, first uh, experience with the Goblet of Fire is the film. Mm-hmm. And of course, n- most of this. <laughs> sorry, our cat just. <laughs> our cat's driving Mary crazy right now. Oh boy, most of this is not in the film, and I feel like there's a reason why it's not in the film. Uh, a lot of it seems to me and feels to me superfluous. Am I fair in saying that, Mary? Yeah. It just feels. This superfluous. is just like a getting to know the family. Once again, the world building. There are sprinkles in here that are important sprinkles, 
But the film was able to cut some of these sprinkles out. Yes. So, and that's going to be a lot of what happens in this book. For those of you who've never read Goblet of Fire, just get ready for a whole lot of like, wow, okay, all right, didn't know that before. Um, so we we kick things off with Harry coming out of the fireplace, the boys being so excited about the Tun Tung toffee. And, you know, like you said, um, Mr. Weasley pops out and he's so upset, so upset what those two kids did. All the while, Harry's getting to meet the, the cooler, older Weasleys, Bill and Charlie. I, I just, I, I gotta read the, the, yes, the explanation, please, because it's, it's just great. Uh, How you doing, Harry? Said the nearer of the two, grinning at him and holding out a large hand, which Harry shook, feeling calluses and blisters under his fingers. This had to be Charlie, who worked with dragons in Romania. Charlie was built like the twins, shorter and stockier than Percy and Ron, who were both long and lanky. He had a broad, good-natured face, which was weather-beaten and so freckly that he looked looked almost tanned. His arms were muscly, and one of them had a large, shiny burn on it. Oh, Man, just you, you, you got muscle arms. You got, you got it all. Cal- calluses on your hands. You're stocky. You just. You, and, and Like, you sh- of course. Of course you work with dragons. Yeah, like you. You are. You're a, you're, brute. you're a man. <laughs> you know, and then it goes on. Bill got to his feet smiling and also shook Harry's hand. Bill came as something of a surprise. Harry knew that he had worked for the Wizarding Bank, Ringgetts, but. That he had been head boy of Hogwarts and had always imagined Bill to be an older version of Percy, fussy about rule-breaking and fond of bossing everyone around. However, Bill was, well, there was no other word for it. Cool. Mm. He was tall, with long hair that he had tied back in a, in a ponytail. He was wearing an earring with what looked like a fang dangling from it. His clothes would not have looked out of place at a rock concert, except that Harry recognized his boots to be made not of leather, but of dragon hide. Oh, you know, it's so God. funny because like when we think of bankers, we do not think of them as like super cool and like kind of edgy. And yet this is completely different. This is like treasure hunting. This uh-huh. is like, you know, um, Oak Island version but cool yeah yeah <laughs> right know, of treasure <laughs> hunting. a couple of nerd boy brothers you yeah know, just... and you know the another thing that i love is how different the physical attributes are of the weasley brothers versus what they're like in the movies uh the twins are supposed to be short and stocky they're beaters they're supposed to have a, a shorter stature and yet in the movies we just know the Phelps twins as just being these like really strong, uh, tall, gangly guys. You know right, what I mean? Right. And Ron is supposed to be the taller one of them. And yet he, particularly in the first few movies, he's quite short and stocky scene. You know what I mean? So it's just interesting to be reading in the books to be realizing that the physical characteristics that we continue to pull from the movies are very different than how the author describes them here in the book itself. Right. So then out comes Arthur. And he's freaking out, obviously. Like, what did you give them? Why would you do that to the poor muggle? Uh, You know, really kind of getting after the guys. And I would love to have a brief discussion about how you feel about Fred and George's behavior. Was it okay? Did Arthur handle it properly? Discuss. Uh, Well, I think you're talking to the wrong guy. I know. Because... Because you're a Slytherin. I'm a Slytherin. and, And I absolutely think it's okay. You think that what Fred and George did was okay? Absolutely. Interesting. That kid, that that kid Dudley, busted on Harry and has busted on Harry forever. And that family has treated Harry like garbage for forever. Like, 
no, if 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 he gets a little bit of a a zinger, you know what? Nothing wrong with that. Nothing, right. nothing that can't be fixed. Nothing can't that can't be put I back. Mean, had they gone, had Arthur Weasley gone through the flu powder before he realized what was wrong with Dudley, mm-hmm. it might not have been fixed. It might not have been put back. This isn't like a little pigtail. This yeah, is a ton but, of a tongue. But they knew, they knew that his father was there. They knew that his no, father was No, they take dropped him. it. They weren't like, here you go, buddy. Like, let's just go for it. No. I see it as really, really poor, mischievous behavior. Now, I love the Weasleys. I love the Weasley twins in many ways. But I think that this is a really poor choice. Yes, is Dudley a terrible, terrible bullying brat? You betcha. But he's also 16 years old, being raised by parents who've taught him that this behavior is okay. I would have almost rather him do this to Vernon Dursley rather than Dudley. And then, like... They they do it, but as I said, it wasn't even that it was going to be like a safe trial because their dad could have come back through the flu powder. Not okay. Not okay. And then he comes through and he's like, I might tell your mom. Because I like that he's I like that Harry has to say, like, yeah, he is a real git. And Vernon just got to see. Like this chapter picks up right where we left off, where Vernon did not say goodbye to Harry. Right, right. You know, so so Arthur's feeling all these feelings like, oh my gosh, Harry's mistreated. This kid is a big tongue. My sons are playing pranks <laughs> on muggles, and this is what I try not to do. You know, and then he doesn't necessarily want to tell Molly. Why do you think? Why do you think he's like, don't make me tell your mother? And then she says, tell me what? And he's like, nothing. Why doesn't he tell Molly right away? I've got an idea. I want to hear your idea. My idea is that he is trying to save Molly's sanity. I don't think he's trying to like <laughs> lie to her. I don't think that he's like, oh, what they did is kind of okay. I don't think he's like, it's all right, guys. It's fine. I think that Molly's got a lot on her plate. I mean, she's just a flustered woman to begin with. She's got all these kids coming in. They're all going to the Quidditch World Cup. And she has to make dinner for everybody. I mean, we read later in the chapter, everything's going wrong. She's got these joke wands laying around. And he's like, Molly? is about to have a panic attack <laughs> in front of Harry Potter. So where's the lorazepam? I And we we joke because because that is something that is in this household. So if yes. you if you are on anxiety medication or have panic attacks, know that it's you know like that you're I not speak alone. Of this. Yes. Um so yeah, I think he's doing it to kind of protect Molly's sanity because it's like it's just going to be one more thing and this may break the camel's back. Why do you think he doesn't tell her? You know, that's that's actually the, the perfect theory, Mary. Oh. Um because some people but, think he does it because, A, he feels really bad for Harry and he kind of wants the Dursleys to get a little, some comeuppance. But once again, I don't think he would want to take it out on the kid. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that. You know? I don't think that uh, he wants the Dursleys to get comeuppance. I mean, I, I could see why you would make that argument, but he doesn't feel like, to me, that kind of vindictive person. Agreed. He, he feels to me like... I don't want to tell Molly because this happened on my watch. And I told her I could take all the boys. I, I said I could do it. And she, I, she said, are you sure you want those twins? You don't need those twins. You just need Ron. But I said, I can handle the yeah, twins. Yeah, we're good. We're good. I want to show her that I'm a I'm a, a I can good, change diapers. I, I'm a good dad. I could take care of the twins. I got a plan. <laughs> I did the flu powder thing. I even got it connected. I got all these things right. 
<laughs> but he uses that as a way to tell the boys, hey, take a hike, all right? Because if you don't, I'm going to tell your mother. And then she just happens to pop in at the exact right time. Oh my but you know what? what the relate the 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 um the interaction here is really great. You dropped it on purpose, roared Mister Weasley. You knew he'd eat it, and you knew he was on a diet. How big did his tongue get? George asked eagerly. It was four foot long before his parents would let me shrink it. That's like your arm. That's longer than your arm. That's like your leg. I know. It's longer than your leg. Harry and the Weasleys roared. Our kids are four feet tall. Harry and the Weasleys roared with laughter. It isn't funny, Mr. Weasley shouted. (laughs) Part of me thinks when he says it isn't funny, he's also kind of smirking at the same time. Like, you know, you know that time when your kid does something funny and it ain't right, but you know it's funny? On the flip side, Fred and George, I think, have gotten on their nerves all summer. That's like, how could they not? I would agree. I mean, they've been trying all these different jokes and stuff. I just love it. It isn't funny, Mr. Weasley shouted. That sort of behavior seriously undermines wizard muggle relations. I spent half my life campaigning against the mistreatment of muggles and my own sons. We didn't give it to him because he was a muggle, said Fred indignantly. No, we gave it to him because he's a great bullying git, said George. Isn't he, Harry? Yeah. He is, Mr. Weasley, said Harry earnestly. That's not the point, raged Mr. Weasley. You wait until I tell your mother. Oh, man. You know, so these boys, Fred and George, they've been working on this stuff all along. And it goes back to that question that we've had about underage wizardry rules when you are living in a wizarding house. And I really think it's only for muggle-raised kids. Because these guys have been having explosions, they've been trying out stuff, so they've been doing magic all summer long, all year long, and had they had the same qualifications, you know, the same restrictions that Harry has on his house, they'd have been getting notes from the Ministry of Magic left right. and right. But instead, it's just more of a nuisance for the family to keep hearing explosions, and of course, Mrs. Weasley has to keep picking up, like, trick wands and everything, so it's, it's just a nuisance. Do you, do you get a sense that Molly just really doesn't like the Weasleys wizarding wheezes because it's not what she expects from her children. Like Bill and Charlie, they got these good jobs. Percy is, you know, as much of a dingus as he is, he's got like a relatively good job. Uh, And when you, when you're an entrepreneur and your family are not entrepreneurs, it is very hard for them to understand what it is that you do. I mean, Blake and I can speak to this personally, being podcasters and I have my my makeup company. Mm-hmm. Our parents have no idea what we do and they don't understand it. And they're like, wait a second. So this is this is like your thing. My dad still calls it blogging. You got, yeah. you got that blog that you're doing. No, sorry. That was what he was talking to <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> so I think it comes more from the fact that like Molly, you know, Molly's family doesn't have a lot of money. She thinks of the jobs that usually in society do bring about fiscal stability. She's been able to see what has happened for her three eldest boys where they've gotten very respectful jobs, you know, just in your normal normal way of work. And here come Fred and George who act up a lot. I mean, they get in trouble a lot. They are not getting great grades. And then they're trying to make all this joke stuff. And to her, to her, she sees this as just like, 
tomfoolery. You know what I mean? It, it completely baffles her. It makes me think of like, there was this kid that I taught years ago. Um, for those of you who don't know, I um, am a certified music teacher and I taught for several years. And one of the kids that I taught was not an A-plus student, great personality, super fun, really outgoing, and was really big into skateboarding. And his job now, he is sponsored by like longboard skateboards, and he like skateboards down massive hills and has like GoPros and people follow him in a car. Oh, wow. And he like skateboards for his job. For these companies, like to either be caught on video or to try boards out or whatever. And it just goes to show you that it's like, you know, I worried about I worried about this kid when he was in in school because I'm like, man, he's just like so great. But like, I don't know what his his thing is going to be. And he found his thing and he leaned into it. So, you know, I don't think that Molly had that foresight. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if this was happening nowadays where people are questioning the necessary nature of people going to college, you know, people are sitting there saying, well, all these people went to college and they're not even doing anything with those degrees or all these people who didn't have degrees get the same jobs, if not better. You know, I think that Molly may be thinking about it differently. Do you feel like this is like the one time that Molly may not have been the best mom? Because she's suggesting, like, the boys, they need to go into the Ministry of Magic like their father and all they're doing is just screwing around with... With with jokes. No, I don't think that she's not being a bad. I I wouldn't say she's being a bad mom. Yeah. I think all she's seeing. Well, bad is moms them, is 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 heavy. I agree, but just like not but like all she does. All she does from these kids is get letters from the school complaining about them. <laughs> They're making explosions in a mess in her house. They pull pranks on her. They helped Ron get Harry. Like they do. They just do bad stuff. They're bad kids. <laughs> They're doing hood rat things. Um, so she wants them out. I think she's nervous that they're going to be moochers. She's like, oh my gosh, they want to open a joke shop. They're going to live here till the 50. Like, I just want to get rid of them. Get a job that actually pays the bills. Get out of here. I don't think she's being a bad mom. I think that she hasn't been able to see the worth in what they're doing. I think she's a tired mom. Allie here on YouTube says, Mr. Weasley with a Boston accent with the crying laughing emoji. Oh my gosh. Could you imagine Mr. Weasley with a Boston accent like mine? <laughs> you got plugs. You got plugs. Electricity. Don't, don't make me get your mother. I will. I'll tell her. <laughs> and then we get to hang out with Percy. So this is the sprinkle part. This oh. is the sprinkle of the little nuggets of goodness that you want to just like put in your bonnet and remember for later. So Percy has this properly respectful job working at the ministry and he is, he is enamored with his boss. Right? Yes. Uh, we, well, let's, let's read the whole thing here. Oh, hello, Harry, said Percy. I was wondering who was making all the noise. I'm trying to work in here, you know. I've got a report to finish for this office, and it's rather difficult to concentrate when people are thundering up and down the stairs. We're not thundering, said Ron irritably. We're walking. Sorry if we disturbed the top secret workings of the Ministry of Magic. What are you working on, said Harry? A report for the Department of International Magical Cooperation. Percy said smugly. We're trying to standardize cauldron thickness. Some of these foreign imports are just a shade too thin. Leakages have been increasing at the rate of almost 3% uh, a year. That'll change the re- that'll change the word that report will, said Ron. Front page of the Daily Prophet, I expect. Cauldron leaks. 
Percy went slightly pink. You might sneer, Ron, he said heatedly, but unless some sort of international law is imposed, we might well find the market flooded with flimsy, shallow-bottomed products, which seriously endanger... Yeah, yeah, all right, said Ron, and he started off the upstairs again. Percy slammed his bedroom door shut. And then Harry goes on, so Percy's enjoying work, and Ron says, enjoying it. I don't reckon he'd come home if Dad didn't make him. He's obsessed. I just don't get him, just don't get him on the subject of his boss. According to Mr. Crouch, as I was saying to Mr. Crouch, Mr. Crouch is of the opinion, Mr. Crouch was telling me they'll be announcing their engagement any day now. So just going on and on about these issues. And why I bring up Percy is because, you know, later on, Percy is talking with Arthur Weasley, his dad, um, about... How, you know, about the the World Cup coming up and how, you know, everything's going on and the different people that are, are situated, but how there is a missing, a missing employee and nobody seems to be taking this seriously. Bertha. Uh, yeah, Bertha. Bertha that... Jorkins. <laughs> and I love how he was like, you know, Ludo's just thinking that like, Whatever, maybe she went to Australia rather than Albania. It's fine. She she gets a little lost every once in a while. It's no big deal. But it's important for us to just like take that. This author never gives us people's names or knowledge without it coming back. So I'm just saying, you know, put a little put a little pin in there. Um, so the kids are all upstairs oh. and. Um, you know, they get a little bit of a conversation about Sirius. Keep it under wraps, of course, because Ginny is there. And that's really it. They talk about the World Cup that they're going to, which they're very, very excited about. Everybody's pumped. I just, I feel bad for the twins here. I don't know what's going to happen to them. I really don't. No ambition, unless you count making as much trouble as they possibly can. She slammed a large copper saucepan down on the kitchen table and began to wave her wand around inside it. A creamy sauce poured out from the tip as I she I do not feel stirred. bad for them. They just assaulted a, a boy. I don't know. They just, like, just poisoned him to have an extra large tongue on purpose. Now, I'm not saying Dudley is good. I'm not at all. I'm just saying that wasn't really a right choice, boys. I, the, Try it out on yourself, Friday George. Ultimately, what I like here most is that we are getting a real sense of the Weasleys and how they they do interact with each other. The, yeah. the one question that I really have, though, is... Molly's making dinner. We got magical things going. And plates are going, and things yep. are getting poured, and and then she's stirring around, and cream is coming out of her wand. Can you just bippity boppity no. boo food? No. Then how can she make a? There's a- rules about food. Like you have to own it. You have to like own the food for you to bippity boppity boo it. So it's got to be real food. Yeah. You like can't. She, just- she probably had like that cream in her fridge. But then could bibbity bobbity boo the cream from her wand right into the pot. Hmm. You can't just like, I'll find out the exact rules. There was a big discussion about this in one of my Harry Potter groups. <laughs> With all the other nerds together. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'll, get, I'll go back to you on it. Did you have anything else that you needed? No. Uh, they talked about Ludo Bagman. They did the whole thing. Uh they talked about the World Cup. They're talking about Victor Crumb. I was a decent player. Ireland have got seven. I wish England had got through, though. This was embarrassing. That was, uh, let's see, uh, went down to Transylvania. Uh, they talked about Sirius for a little bit. I mean, again, you know, as I. Okay, so there is a law. Sorry. 
No, go ahead. Go, go, go. It is called Gamp's Law of Elemental Transfiguration. Food is one of the principal elements that cannot be created from nothing. Um, so it's more of a conjuration thing. So uh, they need to be, yeah, it, food could not be outright created from nothing. It could be multiplied if one of the food was already there. It could be enlarged or the food could be summoned if the person knew the exact location was fairly sure that the food was still there. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition, while good food could not be conjured, consumable things such as sauces, wines, and potable water could be. Oh, so the sauce could be conjured as they were not particularly nutritious substances. Creatures oh. could be conjured, such as snakes and birds. Hmm, interesting. So if it was like a, basically, yeah, if it's a sauce or wine or maybe some salt and pepper, you, you can, can bippity boppity boo that. Okay. That's like, you But like it. you can't bippity boppity boo a potato. No, but if you already had a potato, you could multiply it, you could engorge it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I said that. Sorry, you just walked right into it. You, you walked... Right in it, right into it. That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that was good. Um, Karen asks, Where does Mary find all these wizarding rules? (laughs) I've been like so many different like Harry Potter groups and stuff, so I just search like food spells (laughs) because I know that I've had this conversation before. Um, something that also is interesting, um, that happens here too, uh. He suddenly remembered the reason he had written a series and for a moment was on the verge of telling Ron and Hermione about his, ha- his scar hurting again and about the dream which had awoken him. But he really didn't want to worry them just now. Not when he himself was feeling so happy and peaceful. I just find that so interesting. Like Harry is withholding this information about Sirius and withholding this information about his scar uh, because he is with his friends and he's at home, uh, that this is the salve. This is the protection against the world of uh, his scar in Voldemort and all that is related to that. Do you think Harry's making a poor choice here? I don't really know. It's a difficult one. That's a good yeah. take, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> can you, mean, can you, you, can you know you ask me that question Woo! again, Blake? <laughs> Woo! You know what? We got to get the fan out here for the how Woo! hot that take was. <laughs> I, I'm just too busy about Bertha. Continue. Uh, no, is, is he making the right choice here? I mean, he's got his friends. This is his family. He sh- Should he be able to talk about the... the? You know, I would love... If you would talk about things that happened with you, with your friends sometimes. Mm, but Harry's a Gryffindor. I'm a Slytherin. He's an extrovert. I'm an introvert. Um, he's a Gryffindorin. Yeah, but I have no Gryffindor blood in me, so I do love Harry. I, you know, I, he just needs to digest it. I think he worries that he's like a whiny baby and he doesn't know enough about this scar. As he goes on, he begins to understand more about the connection that he has with Voldemort. Um, he feels better about it, but I think right now he might just be a little embarrassed by it. Like I had a nightmare and my scar hurt. Like, is this actually a big deal? What are we talking about? Hey, can we go back to Bertha Jorkins? Yes, go ahead. Right. So, what did you take from? This chapter with Percy talking about her. So she used to, she's like been all over the different departments. She's just been like a bouncy ball. Nobody really wants to have her. And now she's been with Ludo Bagman. Yeah. I mean, she's gone. And that's it. And Crouch is worried about her. That's it. That's all I got from it. And she went to Albania. 
Oh, Albania. Mm. There's some stuff there. There's 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 been someone there. There's been some stuff there. Yeah. Hashtag spoiler alert. <laughs> um that is that's interesting that is interesting um and she's just she's a, she's a little flighty she's gotta know she's a little flighty and where i don't know where she is but percy seems to care a lot um right the, i think well the last thing i wanted to say here too was look at the time mrs weasley said suddenly checking her wristwatch you really should be in bed a whole lot of you you'll be up at the crack of dawn to get to the cup harry if you leave your school list out i'll get your things for you tomorrow in diagon alley i'm getting everyone else's there may not be the time after the world cup the match went on for five days last time um wow i hope it does this time said harry um molly is getting stuff for one oh, and yeah. two yeah Three, this is my different perspective. Four kids. Yeah. Four, five maybe? Five kids? Yeah, Ginny. Five. She's just going around buying all the stuff for yeah, all the kids. She is. Wow. And then, well, I certainly don't, said Percy, sanctimoniously. I shudder to think what the state of my intray would be if I was away from work for five days. Yeah, someone might slip a dragon dung in it, eh, Purse? said Fred. That was a sample of fertilizer from Norway, said Percy, going very red in the face. It was nothing personal it was fred whispered to harry as they got up from the table we sent it <laughs> brilliant sounds like a bag of d so for those of you who've read the books before you may be scratching your head being like why are connections not being said about bertha and that is because blake hasn't read this book yet and there's going to be elements in this book that as a movie watcher not a book reader mm-hmm are still super new to him. Yes. And you know how like frequently we'd be like, oh yeah, and this comes into play in so many chapters and this is this and this is that. Bertha Jorkins is the person that is mentioned in chapter one. Yes. So yes, that's fine. But just, as I said, put a little pin in that, Blake. Put a pin. I want to talk about it, but I can't. But those of you who read the books, you all know. You all know what I know. <laughs> all right. All right. Ready for a different perspective? Yes, I am. Let's get her done. Holy cricket. You're Harry Potter. I'm Hermione Granger. And you are? Molly Weasley. Molly, how are you? Oh, my God. What's going on? You seem a little stressed. Listen, I am counting down the minutes until the World Cup has arrived. Because you know what happens? Uh Uh-huh. What's that? I'm free. (laughs) Hand me a sock, because I am as free as a house elf, baby. (laughs) My whole family. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty much Kevin McAllister. Like You're I'm home gonna alone. I'm gonna wake up tomorrow because they have to wake up wicked early. They yeah, have sure. to wake up at like three in the morning or something, or maybe not that early. That's Cedric Diggory he has to wake up that early. But my, nonetheless, they're waking up really early. Uh-huh. I'm gonna sleep in. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And right now, I'm gonna wish that I wake up. My family disappears, <laughs> and I'm gonna wake up, and they're gonna be gone. And I'm gonna bippity boppity boo the most luscious dessert. Uh huh. And then my job. My job, air quotes, <laughs> this weekend uh-huh. is to go shopping. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, poor Molly. She has to go pick up everyone's stuff. Yeah. Do you know what? You know what we do? Mm-hmm. You know what us mamas do? Yeah, Amazon. We it. Amazon it. 
I wrote to Flourish and Blots, said I've got these many kids in this class, just put in a box for me. My husband thinks it's going to take me three days to yeah. get like the robes, all this kind of sure, stuff. The parchment. Flourish and Blots, man. Amazon Prime. We already got that I've, taken care of. Florian Fortescue, he already knows. I've got a 2 p.m. like standing arrangement for the next three days. Yes. I'm going to be going to Madame Malkin's getting getting fit for a new robe. Oh, I'm really, really excited about it. Um, so I'm just going to treat myself, you know, maybe get a mani pedi. Seriously, I'm just going to window shop. I might meet up with a friend or two. Oh, you're going to have some wine. I mean, yeah, (laughs) yes. I get to do whatever I want. I'm literally going to be Kevin McAllister Mm -hmm. with Florian's ice cream on the bed, jumping up and down, (laughs) eating it, shoving it all on my face, watching trash TV, even though I don't even know what trash TV is. But I'm going to live my best life. So I know that there's many people who have been like, oh, Molly, oh, Molly, oh, Molly. Yes, my life has been hellacious. I just had to spend a summer with my sons. Brutal. And my daughter, who bless her heart. But like something is up with Fred and George. I think it's hormones. I think it's hormones. They're bananas. I just can't. And All the other jokes. Kids came I heard they home, want to open up a joke shop. And everyone smells. Like, everyone's like, oh, poor you. You have so many men. Yes. And do any of them wear deodorant? I don't think so. <laughs> so I what's your live shower? my best what's like, life. What's your water bill like? That's the question. I don't. Like, I, Listen, I'm on vacation, okay? I'm taking a nap. I'm waking up, and my, I'm going to wish that my family disappears. You don't want, you don't want to do butter beer. You want to know why? It bloats. Stay, stick with the wine. You mind your own business. I can bloat however I want to bloat. No, I'm not saying you shouldn't bloat. I'm just saying it, you, you, in order to consume more alcohol. No, it's not. You, that's not my wa- goal. I want, want my wine. goal is ice cream. Me. <laughs> you get your priorities straight. I got mine. All right. End scene. <laughs> All right. We got some emails here. And uh, let's see what we got. Oh, Miles head. Of course, if you are... Watching us live, the question that you would like us to ask, put it in the comments section. Even of, if you already wrote it, rewrite yeah, it Yeah, rewrite it. And whatever the platform that you're on, whether it is Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or uh, Facebook, write the question with a lightning bolt emoji right in front of it. And of course, if you're listening to this in the podcast app, you are not alone. It's okay. You can send us a question. Just email us at maryandblakemedia at gmail.com or just go to maryandblake.com. Hit that contact button and you'll see a way to write us an email that will go straight to my inbox. And I will read your email and put it in the episode. Marvin, here's the first email. Dear Mary and Blake, my name is Brooke and I've been listening to the Potterverse almost every single day at work since January mm. and I finally caught up to the latest episode. I'm excited to hopefully join in live for the next episode. Brooke, I hope you are here. I started listening to the Potter audiobooks for the first time after being a, a movie lover for years when I first went back and forth after COVID last summer and I once I finished I wanted more which is when I found your podcast on Spotify and completely fell in love. Now I'm a proud member of the all powerful hashtag nerd clan and I'm even starting to listen to the MCU diaries as well and she cannot wait to listen to the first episode of Loki. By the way, go check out the MCU Diaries. The first episode analysis of Loki is out and I will tell you it is amazing. Thank you guys, she says, for being so basically uh, for keeping her company at her morning shifts at work and truly being the Lumos and Time of Knox. Keep being awesome. 
Well, thank you, Brooke. I know that's not necessarily a question, but that was just some kind words that I wanted to share uh, that was written to us because that means a lot, man. That really, it really means a lot. Yeah. Uh, this one comes from Lacey. She says, what happened to the Dursley family after Harry moved out? Did they become nicer since the Horcrux inside Harry was no longer around them? Was Harry right? Would Fred and George have told Dumbledore if they knew anything? What do you think, Mary? Did the Dursleys become nicer once Harry moved out? I believe yes. Like once he leaves for school, I do think that they are a little nicer. I think that they're having to be around a Horcrux for eternity does do damage to them. Yeah, you think the Horcrux of it all does like... Yeah. Then why don't the other wizards like become Dursley-ish? What do you mean other wizards? Well, if they're hanging around with Harry, wouldn't other people around Harry become... Dursley-ish? That's a really great question. I think that, I mean, the Dursleys are the worst sort of people imaginable. Mm-hmm. And that is even before Harry shows up. So I don't think it takes that much to like push it over the edge. Mm. Do I think that they go back from being the most horrifically worst people imaginable to just back to the worst people imaginable? Imag- whatever. You guys don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> they go from wicked bad to still really bad. All right, this one comes from Marine, proud nerd clan member I know. First of all, I love this podcast. I'm so glad you are diving into the world of Harry Potter. Now, I'd like to talk about Aunt Petunia because this 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 uh, email is about chapter four, the last chapter. Actually, I have a request. There is a passage in this chapter where the narrator says that Petunia is basically biting her tongue not to scream at Harry about inviting the Weasleys over. I think it would be amazing if Mary does her different perspective on Aunt Petunia for this chapter and tells us what is going on inside of her head. Knowing Mary's track record on those, I'm sure it would be hilarious. Mary, I'm going to give you the next paragraph to figure out your take on Aunt Petunia. No, no, I will do it for the next episode because that that is a good one, but I need to like have a fresh mind. But more seriously, I would like to hear you guys discuss the fact that we hardly ever hear from or about Petunia in the early chapters in all of the books. Harry always has conversations with Dudley or Vernon, but hardly ever with her. And I wonder what your take is on that, especially in relationship with her last goodbye to Harry in the last book, although maybe that part you want to wait until book seven to talk about. It might be that since Harry only talks to the Dursleys when he needs something, he defers to Vernon because he is the head of the family, but I've always found it disappointing that his relationship to his mother's sister is never fully fleshed out. Can't wait to hear the next podcast episode. Marine. I think it's hard for her to speak to Harry because she sees her sister's you eyes. You stole the words right out of my mouth, Marvin. Oh. I think uh, it's like we're married or something. I know. I think she stays away from Harry. She has great regret and knows that it just is getting worse. And looking in his eyes would just make it worse. Like, wow, I was entrusted with her son, and all I've done is be terrible. Yep, I I totally concur. All right, let's see. Let's get to the live questions. I know we got a couple. If Caitlin Marie says, "Do you think George and Fred would make good influencers in today's internet age? And what would you call their YouTube channel? I think that they would be amazing influencers. I think that they would succeed best on TikTok and Reels, as they would be making short, witty, creative yes, videos. Uh, they would be really into like special effects and everything. So I don't know what they their would YouTube be, channel would call. Yeah, no, it would be the Weas- Weasley's Wizarding Weezes. That's what it okay. would be called, and." They would be my kids. If you guys are on Facebook, my kids love uh, Woody and Kleine, the 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 two best friends that play jokes on each other and they have fun and they do games and all this other stuff. And it's very funny. Uh, and they're actually from England, oddly enough. Um, so 
I think that's what they would be. Okay. I think that's what they would be. All right. Uh, Rachel. Okay. Oh, Rachel. Sure. Either. Or. Okay. The, oh. Okay. There you go. Go. Rachel asks, who would you cast as Bertha Jorkins? Ooh. I have no idea since I don't know who, who Bertha Jorkins is, really. I mean, she's just like a short, crabby, flighty person. I do not know. I don't know. Is Sorry. She, does she have light hair, dark hair? She's uh, flighty. She's forgetting. short. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Uh, she's short and flighty. Uh, who would I cast? A bit stumpy. Melissa McCarthy. And like crabby. Like oh. Crabby face. And Dowd. <laughs> <laughs> Done. And Dowd would be Bertha Jorkins. Okay. If you are a fan of the leftovers, uh that she was in the leftovers. Okay, if you're yeah. a fan of the handmaid's tale, yeah. she's Aunt Lydia. Just like a little crappy. All that's right. that's who I would do. Uh, Kelsey. Kelsey says, I finally get to listen live from Wisconsin Yay, after binging the three books in two weeks. Thanks for tuning in, Kelsey. Love your podcast and appreciate your time and work. My question, why do you refer to the author as the author instead of her name? You know, fabulous question, because we of course brought this up on our first our premiere podcast of the Potterverse and I was actually thinking I was like we should probably do this like once a book just in case people don't listen to the premiere and they don't know why we do it yes um, so for those who are unaware um, the author of the Harry Potter series has made some pretty strong remarks um, against the transgender community and um, Blake and I are allies of the LGBT you know cube um, plus community and we just want to make sure that we can still enjoy the universe and still and still enjoy the Potterverse um, and not necessarily make it that we are backing what she has said and her beliefs on that matter. Right. Um, this all a lot of this just came to a huge front right before we started the Potterverse and we oh, almost yeah. decided not to do the Potterverse. A lot of people who um, are part of that community or have loved ones who are trans, um, you know, they were like, all right, we're done. We're done with Harry Potter. And then there was another huge portion of the community that said, you know, whether or not this is her statement, we now own it. You know, um, mm -hmm. this has been a place where people of all walks of life, of all different um you know, identities and beliefs and everything have come together to create this magical in their own. So we have decided to celebrate the books, celebrate the fandom, um, but not necessarily celebrate the author. So we refer to her as the author. Yeah, because we wanted to, yeah, as Mary said, you can appreciate the story, but not support the author uh, yeah. necessarily. Uh, and that this, this is our little way or this is our way of doing that. Yeah. Just say, using the word the author. Um, ba -ba -ba -ba. You scrolled down instead of scrolling back up. Thank you. I think that's it. That's all we got. Okay. Can you check one more time? Sure. Oh, there's there there you go. There's one that just popped up. Uh, Kyle Ann says, I love the tidbits about Crookshanks with the garden gnomes. Your thoughts? Another mm -hmm. aspect of life at the burrow. Oh, the burrow is just the most lovely, lovely little place. I mean, hanging out and seeing Pigwidgeon. Um, yeah, the gnomes in the garden I'm with Crookshanks just having a blast. We didn't get a crooky voice. I'm a little I'm disappointed not. we didn't get a crooky <laughs> Crook voice. Crookshanks did not deserve a, a different perspective. Molly Weasley did. <laughs> Molly totally did. After the did. day that she had she needed it she deserved it um you know you're it's you just you know the it's the borough is something that i hope at some point the wizarding world and universal gets to create because i just think that it would be a most whimsical beautiful place mm -hmm. 
you know, and if you can actually bring that to life, I think it'd be really, really cool. Uh, Carla on Instagram says, I recently joined the nerd clan. Love you too. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you, Carla. Really appreciate you. Another member of the all powerful nerd clan family. Thank you so much. That is excellent. All right, everybody. I think that wraps up the questions and we're going to wrap up the podcast. Let's close this out. Thank you so much. Here we go. Everybody, thank you, thank you for putting up with this podcast, which is a little more disheveled than we usually are. But as I said, just picture Blake and I coming out of the fireplace covered in powder and soot powder and, and soot and being a little disheveled. Um, that I'm, meaning... I'm using my kid's mouse <laughs> yes. from, from his computer. It's 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 like half the size of my pointer finger. <laughs> we, we've had a day, so we appreciate you spending some time doing some Lumos in a time of Knox. Um, and as I said, at the beginning of this podcast if this has brought you joy truly truly take a moment and think about joining us at jointhenerdclan.com every single patron truly makes a difference for Blake and I this is uh, my full time job Uh, it's what I do to help support and put food on the table for our kids and pay for the website fees and everything so Blake and I love this it is a labor of love that we enjoy bringing out to the world so if you can spare it and you want to join the nerdclan.com you can head on over there and of course go to maryandblake.com as well check out all the great podcasts including the MCU Diaries and also the newly established Last Kingdom with Mary and Blake. On that note, my name is Mary Larson. My name's Blake. Mischief managed. Mischief managed.